Ben Charrington called it a competition. Derek Shelton called it a competition. I have no doubt it actually will be a competition. But I also have no doubt it shouldn't be one. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. And a happy Christmas Eve to everybody. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. We do this every day, every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I've got daily shots of Steelers and Penguins as well. Hope you can check those out. This is to be the spring training of meritocracy. There's that word again. We've been hearing that one from Charrington and Shelton an awful lot as well in recent months. They want to create a culture, and they should create a culture, where everybody's battling for their jobs, where they're earning their jobs. But they have to do this within the context of doing what's right for the franchise's future. So not all positions not all players, and thus not all competitions, are created equal. The one that they have focused on, the position that they've circled as the primary one for competition, is shortstop. It's been labeled by those two gentlemen as basically a a three-man battle between Kevin Newman, who can safely be described as the incumbent, even though he mightily struggled in 2020. Eric Gonzalez, who had a really, really encouraging first month slash five weeks and then just went right back to being Eric Gonzalez again. And then Cole Tucker, who is the most fun to watch and a very good defender, but just can't hit at the big league level at all. I am here to tell you that I already know who has won this shortstop competition. And his name is Leover Peguero. He is one of the players that was acquired, prospects I should say, in the Starling Marte trade from the Diamondbacks. He is a top five prospect in this system, and that's not a backhanded compliment. He was a top ten in the Arizona system, which is a good system. He's a good baseball player with a good future in all facets. He just looks like a a really good talent. He's not going to be in Pittsburgh anytime soon. And no, of course, he's not going to be part of any kind of competition in Bradenton this spring. However, this is why I say that not all players and positions and everything are created equal. They're not. The Pirates as an organization, realistically, have nothing to gain from a close to 30-year-old Eric Gonzalez being their starting shortstop. It does nothing for them. It made for a neat story for a couple of weeks. He was clearly the Pirates' best position player, and that wasn't saying much in 2020. But he's not going anywhere, and they're not going to be able to do anything with him. There would be no market for him. There'd be no trade, anything. There'd be nothing to gain from having him be the shortstop. So it's really basically about Newman versus Tucker. And what you're doing there is just crossing your fingers that somehow out of nowhere, 
Tucker will hit the baseball. We've seen that only in the tiniest sample sizes, the tiniest intervals. He'll run into one occasionally. He'll put it in the opposite field. He'll put it in a gap, and then he'll go flying around a base pass with that hair bouncing all over the place, and he'll go in with the big slide, and everybody's all pumped up because he gets up looking like the happiest young man in the world, and you're happy for him. And then the camera goes over to the dugout, and everybody's like, yeah, Cole, you're the best. And then we're all thinking, man, if this kid could only be part of the future, I could actually enjoy watching this morbidly awful baseball team. Unfortunately, that's not what it's all about, and the math exposes the fact that he doesn't do that thing that we get excited about nearly often enough. Kevin Newman does. He, he gets a little jacked up, too. Not like Cole Tucker, but he, he can get a little bit spirited. He's been a far more productive hitter than Tucker, especially in the 2019 season when his rookie year, his rookie production pretty much matched Brian Reynolds. He just didn't get as much attention for it because Reynolds was doing it all along and Newman's came in kind of a late spike. But Newman's shown to be, uh, although a lesser defender than Tucker or Gonzalez, he's shown to have the more productive bat. Now that said, his bat played above the level that he'd shown through the minors, and that's always a concern. When somebody just suddenly peaks in the majors, you do get worried because you're thinking, wait a second, something was going on in the minors that would have, you know, kept this guy down, some kind of weakness, some kind of hole, maybe a pitch, maybe a spot in the strike zone that he can't handle. And maybe that's what happened to both Reynolds and Newman in 2020, giving them the benefit of the doubt. But in Newman, out of these three, you at least have someone who can gain you value. I hate to keep talking about all these players as if they're like stock chips or, you know, trinkets. But that's what you have to do when you're attempting to build up a minor league system. You're building up assets mostly for trade, but also, you know, if you've got somebody, then you can figure out a way to do something with that individual and keep them around for a long time. That's also an option. And it's one that I know for a fact that Ben Charrington would consider if he had someone worth doing that with. But the only guys that were really in that bracket all tanked this past season. You go with Newman. You go with Newman in 2021. You don't do it if you see negative signs, although he doesn't really have, you know, uh, lack of motivation. This kid's got an endless motor, and he's passionate. It's not like he needs to be pushed. But you need to have him on the field in order to continue maximizing assets, provided he at least doesn't fall all over himself in spring training the way he did, and really the way most of the Pirates' everyday lineup did for the better part of 2020. I remain inclined here, although I'm always one to point first to players and then to coaches. When I see that many players 
struggling or regressing at the same time to think to myself that there are instructors slash coaches who don't have answers because they've done it before and they're not doing it now. And even though Rick Eckstein was the same hitting coach for both years, he too has to be able to adjust when things go wrong for his hitters. Newman's, Newman's my guy. Not in the long term, though. I'm all about Leo Ver Peguero. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's always brought to you on this program by our very good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. Choose your favorites from the more than 500 beers that Mike's got from the comfort of your own home. Just go to mikesbeerbar.com slash beer hyphen menu. On there, you will find, you're not going to believe these two deals, buy three crawlers and get three free. Sounds like I'm making that up. I'm not. I've actually watched the man sell these things at Mike's. Buy three crawlers, get three free, or mix and match two six-packs and get free delivery, which would normally be a $5 charge. Choose your beers from more than 50 local breweries. The delivery area applies to all of Allegheny County, plus the Cranberry area of Butler County. Call 412-322-BEER to order and pay. Person must be 21, ID required, and present to receive delivery. Mike'sBeerBar.com. Today's just one question comes from Justin. It's a good one. He asks, does it make sense for the Pirates to try and capitalize on free agents undervalued due to other teams' 2020 budget restrictions and then flipping any of those free agents for whatever prospect value you can add at the deadline? David Dahl would have been a prime example of this, sign him to a one-year deal and flip him at the deadline. You know, I usually get all cringy when anybody brings up anything related to the to the free agent market as it applies to the Pirates because it's usually just so pie in the sky. But there are a couple of things that are in your favor here, David. One is that We've already seen inside the Pirates' own division, the Cubs and Cardinals in particular, take dramatic steps backward with their payroll. Uh, Previously unthinkable steps. I still can't believe Chicago just told Kyle Schwarber to take a walk. But they did. But they did. The Cardinals did the same thing with Colton Wong. Uh, There are other examples. It's a market like no other. Baseball salaries for the first time in our lives are, I was, I was going to say regressing. They're actually plummeting. You're not going to see these mega contracts or whatever other than the Dodgers and the Yankees and, the, the, well, and nobody else. The Angels occasionally will spend to that level as well, but not, not effectively, so they don't really count. The Pirates would have to go and acquire a couple of free agents and do so in a safe way, meaning not to multiple years or anything like that. So it would be someone like the doll. 
that you're describing. Of course, he's no longer on uh, on the market. But for the pirates to do that, they'd have to feel really, really good that they could get something back for him. Now, believe it or not, there is precedent for this. Uh, you got to pull out the microscope to find it, but it does exist. When Ben Charrington paid his buck and a half for Gerard Dyson last spring and brought him into Bradenton because he knew he just had no center fielders. And, and after losing Starling Marte, he just couldn't leave the position vacant. You know, he didn't have anybody to play it. So he wanted at least somebody who was a plus defender, even though Dyson can't hit at all. And, and Dyson, to his credit, did bring that. I mean, the Pirates in center field caught everything in 2020 out there. And in a barely noticed trade near the end of the season, well, near the end of the season, whenever the deadline was, which was near the end of the season and near the beginning of the season, since it was one month in, and he traded Dyson for international bonus cap space, which about 90% of the Pittsburgh casual sporting public took to mean that the Pirates were handed cash, which is the exact opposite of what they got. They received the right to spend more. And they did. They parlayed that into the international market this offseason, a move that Charrington openly stated could be directly attributed to the Dyson trade, that he wouldn't have had enough money under the international cap to have gotten what he got had he not moved Dyson. So good for him on that. If you could get that for Gerard Dyson, imagine what you could get for a player who could contribute in more ways than one. I like the idea. I'm deeply skeptical that it'll happen. And not just for the obvious cynical reason, oh, nothing will never allow it or whatever else here. The Pirates' payroll is is low, but it being low helps them in this particular year because they, unlike the Cubs and the Cardinals, aren't being forced to make panic moves and get rid of guys. And they actually, in theory, could go and do things like this. I believe firmly that Charrington would entertain it in the right spot. I don't know if the Pirates were or weren't a player for Dahl. If they were, then it's disappointing because he didn't end up getting very much money. Maybe there's someone else that they have their eye on. Maybe it's a pitcher. Maybe if they do trade Joe Musgrove and they'll be forced into going and getting themselves some kind of help on the open market, it'll be that kind of player that, like you're describing, they could move for a prospect or whatever else, cap space or whatever, that'll allow them to continue to accelerate building the minor league system up. I'd consider doing it. I don't think it'll happen, though. I, I think that a lot of things have to be in place to convince Charrington, not Nutting, but Charrington, to spend money at this stage of the game when he's been assured that money will be available to him down the road when it really matters and when he really needs it 
that's why he didn't even want to pony up that much for center field. He had better options than Dyson. He just doesn't seem to have the stomach for it right now. But I'd, I'd consider it. I would definitely consider it. I think it'd be taking advantage of an inefficient marketplace. And for those of you who read Moneyball the proper way, that's actually what Moneyball was all about, not on base percentage. It was about capitalizing on market inefficiencies. And we've got market inefficiencies all over the place in Major League Baseball right now. Thank you so much for that question, Justin. Thanks to all of you for listening to this show, not just today, but every day. I hope everyone has a terrific, safe, healthy, happy, merry Christmas, and all that other stuff. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.